in the first week we talked about knowing Jesus. And we talked in the book of Philippians. And we entitled the topic that I may know him. That I may know him. Hallelujah. And we went into details about that. Hallelujah. And last week we talked about Christ. We looked in the book of Colossians. And we, we went through many different things about Jesus. And that above all things, Jesus is everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we looked at what Paul says about Jesus. Yes. And we saw how and what he wants us to do today. Screaming and shouting and asking you to shout hallelujah. And being a preacher for a change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, but I've got two things. First of all, the cameraman said, Don't do that. And secondly, so it's a bit chilly. So it's cold. I think I'm okay standing here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, I just want to read the first verse only. It's, it's amazing how Christians are very untrusting of preachers. You, you never allow the preacher to just read. You, you want to also go there. Hallelujah. One of the things I used to do was to just read. And everyone's like, Fundabi. Why is he reading? You're distracting me. Wait. Let me read. Matthew chapter 1. A record of the genealogy of Jesus. A genealogy, a record of the genealogy of Jesus. Christ, the Son of God. The Son of God. Sorry, the Son of David. Yes. And the son of Abraham. Abraham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The son of David. The son of Abraham. Abraham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now Matthew goes through the book, the book that he wrote. And he unpacks certain things in the Old Testament. Things that point to Jesus. There are three things that he wants to do. Number, there are three things that Matthew wants us to do. Number one, he wants us to know that Jesus is the Christ. Now, a lot of times we think of Jesus Christ as if it was name and surname. It's just his name, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It makes sense. But Jesus was the name that was given to this boy when he was born. The angel came to his mother and said, You shall bear a son. And you will name him Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. I think it's there. I didn't check, but that's the verse we did in, in primary school. I'm sure it's still there. In, 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 in Sunday school, I'm sure it's still there. Hallelujah. And, and, and the Israelites were awaiting a Messiah. 
They were awaiting Christ to come and rescue them. So when 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 Matthew and other writers say Jesus is Christ. They basically want to say, look at this young boy called Jesus and see the Messiah in him and see your liberator in him and see the one who has come to restore your lives. The second thing that Matthew wants us to do is to see that Jesus is the son of David. At the time of Matthew's writing, at the time of the birth of Jesus, the, 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 the kingship of David or the throne of David is vacant. There is no one ruling Israelites. They have been battered, they have been beaten by other nations. They were taken captivity. At that time, they are left without a king. They are ruled by other nations, by other people. Now he says, look at Jesus, the son of David. That is why they ask him at some stage. I think it was just after his resurrection, if my theology is still sharp in my mind. They say, Jesus, are you now going to restore the kingdom of, of, of Israel. But he does not answer them on that. He tells them to go and preach the gospel instead. So he, wants them, he, wants, he says to them, look at, at, uh, look at Jesus and see the son of David. The king that will rule forever. He also says that he is the son of Abraham. The seed of Abraham that was going to be a blessing. At this stage, the Israelites are a curse. The Israelites are doing everything wrong. There is no blessing that is coming out of them. But Matthew wants us to see Jesus and see the seed of Abraham in him and see the blessing that we are going to be in. Hallelujah. When Uma Mumfundis was introducing, just before he introduced me, I was like, she's got it already. I was saying, you must just continue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there are these three things that, that, that Matthew does. He goes, he, he goes through certain chapters, and we hear about, about uh, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 4, we hear about the temptation that Jesus went through. And in verse 12, we hear about him starting to preach. The Bible tells us he called two brothers and said, come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And he, he saw other two preachers and two other brothers and he asked them to follow him. And they did. And afterwards, he went to synagogues and started preaching. Saying to them, repent for the kingdom of God is near. He started to perform miracles. And the Bible says a large crowd came, up, came after him. A large crowd followed him. And when he had this large crowd, when he had a church, he sent them down and said, I don't want you to be fishers of fish anymore. 
don't want you to be the people in the synagogues where you are anymore. There are a certain kind of people I want to raise for myself. There's a certain attitude that I want you to have. There is a certain life that I want you to have. So in chapter 5 where we are today, Jesus sits his people down. The Bible, the Bible says when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying, Hallelujah. Now, I don't know how many disciples he had at this stage. I don't know if the Bible refers to the four guys that he had just called. Or if it, or if it refers to the whole crowd that had actually followed him. I know whenever we think of the disciples of Jesus, we think of, of, of the twelve. Some say no, it's 120. But at this stage, Matthew is not specific who he, he refers to. When he says the disciples came to him. Many movies that we have seen depicting the life of Jesus show us the whole crowd with Jesus. It doesn't show us the twelve or the four. It shows us the whole crowd. I don't know if that is a correct interpretation. But we know that the people that were with Jesus at this time are identified by Matthew as the disciples of Jesus. In, in other words, the followers of Jesus. And he says, if you are going to follow me, let's sit down. Let's have this conversation. I want you to have a certain kind of, I want you to have a certain kind of heart. I want you to be a certain kind of people. And he teaches us to teach them. And this is the same one that is called the Beatitudes. Hallelujah. We don't use that term in our everyday language. The only time you hear someone talk of Beatitudes, you know Umzalwan. It's, it sounds that in our today's words, in our today's lives, it's only left for biblical interpretation. So, so what does this word be attitudes actually mean and where does it come from? Last week I told you not to depend on philosophies and, and, and clever people. But today we are going to dip into philosophy just a little bit. We are not going to depend on it. We are just going to use it for our own purposes. Hallelujah. The word beatitudes means supreme blessedness. Supreme blessedness. Or supreme happiness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In my mind, in my mind, when I think of supreme happiness, I think of I, I don't know how to explain that in English. It speaks to my heart. Extreme. Extreme, supreme happiness. Hallelujah. It's a word that comes from, from Latin or and from Old French. 
Happiness talks about luck. It talks about chance. Chance. It talks about success. It talks about contentment. Hallelujah. It is close as, close as fun. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's not the word I had in my mind, but we will leave it up to him. Hallelujah. By the 17, 1725s, around 1725, this term was defined by one other philosopher of the, of the time. And he said, in his opinion, best actions bring great happiness to greatest numbers. In other words, if we want to be good people and we want to do good deeds, we, we will measure our good deeds by bringing greatest happiness. In other words, bringing beatitudes to the greatest number of people. So Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Let's just fix that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anthony Kennedy, a, a, a Supreme Court justice from, from the United States. Any judge the court in the United States defines it this way. It's the feeling, he says, the feeling of self-worth and dignity. The feeling of self-worth and dignity that you acquire by contributing to your community or to a civic life. Hallelujah. And he says that, that is supreme happiness. Hallelujah. In other words, supreme happiness is seen as the fulfillment in individuals' contribution to society rather than the pursuit of self-gratification. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want to dip into another uh, another psychologist this time. Maslow called this extreme happiness self-actualization. Yeah. Masiti self-actualization. Hallelujah. The it says it is the desire to become the most one can be. To become the most that you can ever be. To be at the top of your being. If there is another DD who is better than the one you are today, then, then you try and become that version of yourself that you can ever be. Hallelujah. He argued that this is the highest need that human beings have. 
It is the ultimate desire that every human being should have. Hallelujah. He says the bottom one, the most basic is the are the physiological needs that we have. Like the air we need, the water, the, the shelter and sleep. He says the next level of that is things like safety. Employment, health, property. He says the next level of that is what he, he's, what he calls love and belonging, desiring friendship, family, sense of connection. In other words, the things you try and do so you can be accepted by other people. You can't stand to look for family and sense of belonging and sense of friendship when you don't even have air to breathe and water to drink. When you don't have a place to sleep. When you are not healthy. When you don't even have a property. When you don't even have employment. Of course, these things don't follow each other. Sometimes they work together. But Maslow says some of them are more basic than others. He says when we have, when, when, when we have achieved love and belonging, we start to desire esteem, which is the fourth level. Esteem is about respect. It's also about our own self-esteem. It's about status. It's about recognition. About having strength and freedom. But he says on top of all of that, there is something that is called self-actualization. 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 The desire to become the most that you can be. See how we get caught up in the lower levels of our being. We, we, we get puffed up because we are employed and we have got a certain resource. That you can be. Having healing is not the best that you can be. Going after these preachers and these miracle workers so you can have some money, so you can have some health, and you, you, you are being fooled. You are, being sold, you are selling yourself a certain blessing that is much lower than what Christ wants for you. Going around doing certain things and blessing the pastor so you can be respected is not the best that Jesus wants for you. Doing certain things so you can have a certain status in society is not the best that Jesus wants you to be. Jesus says to his disciples as he sits down with them on the mountain, he says, he says, I've got better life for you. I've got a better being that I want you to be. And if you want to be blessed, if you want supreme happiness, if you want to be the best that you can ever be, sit down with me here on the mountain. 
Before I go very far with you, I want you to unpack this mentality about certain belongings and health and all that nonsense. And I want you to see what is the best that you, I want you to be and I created you to be. Hallelujah. Now when you read the book of Matthew chapter 5, and you read about all these blessings and all of that. Now, just for a second, let's focus. You know those blessings that says, bless if you're like this, for this will happen. This for this will happen. He says, for the kingdom, for, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For they will be comforted. For they will inherit the earth. The earth. For for they will be filled. For they will be shown mercy. For they will see God. For they will be called the sons of God. And you go through all these things and you, and you see all these things that we always claim that to be. For there is the kingdom of God. We are heirs with the Father. We are, we are rulers with Jesus. We will not be. We, we, we will. Hallelujah. We are not going to be judged. We are going to judge with God. It's, it's all the things we want to be. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, show mercy on me. For they will be called the sons of God. Children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want to be filled by God. You want to, inher you want to inherit the earth. These are all the things we want to be. And God says instead of just wanting those things out of the blue. Instead of chasing miracles and chasing prophets and doing all these crazy things. There is a certain kind of person you need to be so that you can achieve all those things. The kingdom of God is yours. But there's a certain person you need to be so that the kingdom of God is yours. Being the son of God is very easy. You don't have to be the son of the prophet. You don't have to be the son of the angel of the house. You are the son of God. If you are this kind of person, the, the blessings are yours. You will inherit the earth. You will have riches on earth. Abundant riches on earth. Only if you are the kind of person who, who has got supreme happiness, who has got this kind of beatitudes, Jesus says they are all yours. Just be the disciple I want you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The first one he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, you don't associate blessedness with poverty. Especially poverty in the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, so sometimes the Bible can. What was happening? Maybe it was the Greek word and all those kind of things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The poverty of, of being poor in spirit is the opposite of pride. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 19, 
Better is to be a hum, better is to be of humble. Sorry. Better is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide this the spoil with the proud. Better is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. This 1619 Hallelujah Psalms chapter 34 verse 18 it reads as follows. In Dumiso 34 verse 18. The Lord is close to those who are broken hearted and the, saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is close to those who are broken hearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 57 verse 15. Isaiah 57 15. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. He says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. To revive the, the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Isaiah 57 verse 15. Gokuba ucho opezulu oonga mileyo oshle lingo la pagate o kama lingu ngwele oguti nisheli pezulu engweleni nisheli nako chumkileyo umoya otobekileyo okuba ndibuye ndipilise umoya wabatobekileyo ndibuye ndipilise inkliziyo yabachumkileyo. So blessed are those who are poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So you want the kingdom of heaven? Have be poor in spirit. And that is the kind of highest blessedness that God wants you to have. Humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord and he will lift you up. Number two, blessed are those who mourn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, mourning here talks about empathy. It talks about compassion. We do preach about passion, but do we have compassion? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's about seeing and feeling and doing for other people. It's about mourning the suffering of the others. It's about, it's about being moved by the, world, by the world's injustices. Number three, blessed are the meek. Now you talk of the gospel of, of the church in 
You never associate it with being meek. Blessed are the meek. Hallelujah. What will happen to them? Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Imagine inheriting the earth. I like that version. Hallelujah. This is about humility. About serving others. Being servants to one another. Washing others' feet even though you are their leader. Even though you are a much better person than them by world standards. But humbling yourself and washing their feet and serving them. It's about having the power to do harm. But choosing to suffer insults than using your power to cause injury to others. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness is about justice. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for hunger, for, for righteousness. In other words, those who strive for justice. It's not just about sitting there and saying, let there be justice. It's about working out to make sure that righteousness prevails. At your workplace, at home, on your streets where you live, are you a fair person? Are you a just person? Do you, do, do, you, do you reward those who do good for what they have done? Do you, do, do you, do you call out those who are, unfair, who are being unfair and correct them? Next one, blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Do you know how much we want to be shown mercy? Jesus says you are you will receive supreme happiness. You will be the best person on earth. You will be what you will be what you were created to be. You will be at the, at the top of your being. If you show mercy to others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mercy is about forgiveness. It's about kindness. In James chapter 2 verse 13. James 2 verse 13. Because judgment without mercy. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to, to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. In other words, if you don't want to be judged by God without mercy, then you must be a merciful person as well. 
when you start to not focus on yourself and say lord show mercy and you start to focus on the next person and show them mercy you will receive extreme happiness because you have made the next person happy it's about treating people better than they deserve from us it is much better than just showing people doing people favor Hallelujah. Blessed are the pure at heart. Blessed are the pure at heart. If I could sing. There was a song we used to sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ngofunga ngohliziyo enyulu ofunga angajiki nokuba kube kuye uyayithokeke ngesilungu wena siya move hallelujah blessed are the pure at heart babusekile abahliziyo zinyulu you know sometimes when you sing it you can say it but when you want to say it it just goes away hallelujah leave that as it is hallelujah, hallelujah. this talks about being innocent ithela ngoba ngomsulwa being of pure motive in other words when you speak to me and you start to ask for a certain thing or you ask me to join you in business I know your motives are clear if you're trying to help me to create business opportunities I don't have to second doubt and 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 wonder what you, what you are up to again it's about having right intent it's about caring yourself in a manner that shows that you have honor it's about having integrity hallelujah hallelujah the bible says blessed are the pure at heart for they will see god we don't just see him because we say we want to see him we see him because we are pure at heart blessed are the peacemakers hallelujah not the peaceful i don't know how to interpret that it's not about being peaceful it's not about being passive and sitting and doing nothing it says being a peacemaker in other words you are active you are doing something you are making peace hallelujah hallelujah it's not about being a peaceful person it's about making sure that there is peace amongst other people that's not this is what about that's not what this Going out there, going out of your way to resolve conflict. The last one I want to talk about blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Now, this this one is the easiest if you have mastered the others. Because if you have mastered being meek, 
Kobang apa ngopi lek ba? Ukba mik. Hallelujah. And if we have mastered being hungry and thirsty for righteousness, then, then, then being persecuted for the sake of the righteousness that you are, that you are seeking, when you are already a meek person, be, becomes a very second uh, nature to you. And, and Jesus says, if you are going to be my follower, before we start to see the miracles, before we start walking with me and preaching with me, and before you start to perform miracles yourself, and wanting to use them for self-gain, I want you to be this kind of person. I want this kind of follower. I want this kind of a disciple who has already self-actualized and, and, we, and will not start to have a big head when, they, when people start to praise him. Not, when, when people start to bring things to you and start to make you to appear bigger than you actually are, you are going to remain humble. You are going to remain my disciple and know who you are in me already because you have this kind of person already and allow Jesus to take the glory that he needs to take because you already know who you are in him and there is nothing that will, that will take you away and give you pride and take you away from inheriting the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.